Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. We have reached the last episode for our team recaps. It has been a blast for us. Thank you to all of our listeners who have been enjoying our work and uh, warm welcome. Welcome to the first-time listeners that are joining us for this episode today. My name is Andre, and as always, I have the pleasure to host this podcast with our EuroLeague expert, Diogo Valent, ready for our last team recap and to break down as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, the last team recap of this offseason. So let's get into it. Let's go. As you guys have figured out by now, we were following the, the final standings of the EuroLeague. While doing this series of episodes, we decided to go from the, the first first to last let us know if you guys liked our approach we can try different things in the future as well today we will be bringing you Asvel the team that ended in last place by the any metric we want to look at it they had a really poor season ending with only eight wins and struggling equally at home and on the road they have lost 13 games on both home and road splits a minus 11.6 net rating created by the worst offense and the third worst defensive rating of the the whole competition we will be looking about uh, what were the highlights and where this team can improve and how they can become a more competitive team because that seems to be the project that Asol has and that's always something to welcome and to be excited about. We are here to bring you the gems of this uh, Asol season as deep as we need to dig to find them. We will get to them. Asol is one of the French basketball powerhouses having reached the EuroLeague Final Four in uh, uh, 1997. In uh, 2014, Tony Parker, a engine became the, the team president with the goal and project to turn Aswell into a high-level EuroLeague team. On this episode, we will be breaking down their key players, including uh, EuroLeague greats, the, their players that made this roster and that fought for this roster to be as competitive as possible. And we also will bring you two players that are worth to keep an eye out moving forward and uh, we'll let you know why we think that uh, they might be some players that might thrive in the long run at the early level. Aswell has announced some reinforcements for next season, like Frank Jackson, someone that uh, I'm high on to see at the early level. Paris Lee, Mike Scott, Nadia and uh, John Egbunu. They are hopeful of being about to count with uh, the contributions of Geoffrey Laverne that uh, was only able to play for three games this season due to injury while keeping Debost, Nando De Colo, Charles Caudi, David Lighty and Yusuf Fall. that were some of the, the members of the, this roster some of them that we'll be covering and some that uh, we won't be able to get to but a shout out to all of the members of this Aswell roster during this uh, EuroLeague season Diogo what would you highlight of this Aswell season and uh, what would uh, it be the improvements that you, you deem necessary and do you deem to be key for the, the team to to play and to thrive and play at a higher level in the next EuroLeague season and do these players that they have announced address some of these needs that the team has? Well, I think, first of all, um, the big highlight I have is how much of a great player uh, Nando De Colo is because even at his age, he, he keeps performing at a high level in EuroLeague. So that's always a, a very good thing to, to see. Uh, it was a tough season for them. Uh, obviously, uh, other than Nando De Colo, there was just not a lot of talent around them. Um, Laverne, like you mentioned, uh, was hurt for most of the season. Uh, Debose only came in mid-season, and that helped a little bit. Uh, Jonah Matthews also was a, a good offensive player that helped them. 
but overall they were just undermanned against mostly every team um, you mentioned the signings they have I think they will help but I think they clearly need to address the, the wings situation and they need a, a very good wing to be able to be competitive with most teams so I think that's the the, the point where they are lacking the most is, is to have a, a, a nice wing that can score that can defend so we'll see what if they are able to, to get someone for that position but I, I think that's clearly their biggest need one thing that we have seen on this offseason is teams investing a lot on their backcourts and having very deep backcourts as well as also heading in that direction I guess we will see a lot of guard play and we will see a lot of three guard lineups moving forward in the EuroLeague and that provides a very fun game style and an enjoyable one so let's see what Asvel has on the docket for the, the rest of the offseason and before the start of the next EuroLeague season we will be previewing them and previewing their final roster and what to expect from them we expect them to, to be able to take a step forward to be more competitive and to, to aim at performing at a, at a higher level but uh, let's now head into our players breakdown and before we unveil who our MVP is for this Aswell roster although I have a feeling that uh, you guys have figured it out by now uh, <laughs> we want to take a moment to shout out players like Laverne Alex Tyus David Lightley Charles Caudi Parker Jackson Cartwright Anthony Diot between others that were part of this roster and we won't have a chance to break down during in detail during this episode it is time to talk about greatness and uh, that's certainly one of the highlights of this team and of this episode as Diogo had just mentioned and despite the hard season for us well our MVP of this roster is a EuroLeague great Nando De Colo the 6'5 36 years old French guard that won the competition twice in 2016 and in 2019 that was the EuroLeague MVP in 2016 a season when he was the competition top scorer between all the, the players in competition that year a three time member of the All EuroLeague first team in 16, 17 and 18 and the three times nominated for the All EuroLeague second team in 15, 19 and 21 during this edition of the EuroLeague he kept adding to his rich history becoming the all-time top scorer of the All European Cups overtaking the another great uh, Nikos Gallis the Colo also had a stint in the NBA where he played for the San Antonio Spurs and for the Raptors between 2012 and 2014 before returning to the EuroLeague this season our Asvel MVP played in 29 games starting 24 of those in uh, this that was his 10th EuroLeague season and in uh, 23.8 minutes per game he averaged 13.8 points 2.6 rebounds 3.5 assists and 1 steal Duke the floor is yours to give our listeners your breakdown of the great Nando De Colo the great for sure uh, I mean obviously he's <laughs> a European basketball leg legend um, he's such an elite playmaker he, he can score with the best of them and even at this age he, he continues to be one of the best players in Europe uh, obviously he's one of the best EuroLeague players ever uh, and just uh, I, it sucks to see him uh, in a situation like this because uh, he's obviously a winner um, and he plays winning basketball and there's just not a lot around him to help him do that so hopefully next year the, the team is better and more competitive uh, for us to be able to, to appreciate his greatness even more um, as a, a winning player and I, I think that's that's what they need to address like make none of the color happy that, that's all And obviously, we know he, he wants to win, of course. So we'll see what happens next year. But for sure, one of the best guards in Europe, European basketball. Um, for now, he's up there with anybody that you can throw. So yeah, a big fan of his game. And hopefully, he still has a, a few more years to give us of high-level basketball. 
just get uh, the call or the wing that he needs to to be more competitive and to make this yeah. team aim higher but uh, next on the docket we have another call of backcourt partner the boss that uh, joined the team during the season the 6 to 33 year old american bulgarian player was on his fourth year league season playing and starting 15 games for this uh, asphalt team on his record books he has a euro cup one with monaco in 2021 in 26 minutes per games the boss averaged 8.9 points 2.1 rebounds 4.3 assists and 1.2 steals. What balance do you make of his contributions during this season and what can Asvel fans expect from him next year with players like Paris Lee and Frank Jackson joining this team? Yeah, so I think when he came in uh, I think he helped. Uh, he helped them improve a little bit. Obviously, the team still wasn't good, so he didn't translate into many wins, but I think they, they played better when he arrived. Um, I think he's a high-level playmaker and he can turn into a scorer at times. Um, as far as next season, I, I don't really know what his role is going to be uh, like you mentioned like that backcourt is very crowded and if I had to in my opinion I would probably have none of the colo as the number one option then I would go probably Frank Jackson and then Paris Lee and then be both so I, I, I am assuming they're going to play uh, two guard lineups uh, a lot so I, I think he's going to be able to have a role but uh, I just don't think it's going to be a such a relevant role as he had last year uh, next to, to the colo so we'll see how they're going to figure things out but uh, I still think he can be an important piece to this team, uh, being a veteran and helping th- those guys. So uh, I think it could work. We'll see. I'm very curious to see how, how they will make it work because uh, now the goal is 6-5. I believe Frank Jackson is like 6-3. Uh, Paris Lee is 6 feet tall. Andy Boss is probably 6-2. And uh, it's a very small backcourt. It's not only that um, they have a bunch yeah, of guards. Like, yeah, uh, Obviously, Nandukolo has has played his whole career as a kind of a combo guard, and he can play both. So I think uh, regarding Nando, I think they'll be fine. It's just weird to have this many point guards on, on the team, and especially when the the clear situation you need to address is the wings. But uh, just for being a veteran and an older guy, I think he can help those uh, Paris Lee and uh, Frank Jackson. And I think in some games, depending on matchups, maybe he can have uh, uh, some decent minutes and I think he can help. They have such a small backcourt that uh, yeah. it will be hard for them to have three guard lineups on the floor at the same time because they do yeah. like the size. The call is a 6'5 player. Uh, he has some size, but you probably don't want him out there having to guard wings and none of the other players seem to have the, the size and the length to, to be able to do it. I'm very high on Frank Jackson and I would believe that uh, the goal of Frank Jackson backcourt can be powerful but uh, I'm yep. curious if uh, that means Ebost and Paris Lee coming off the bench how, how that will work yeah uh, it's going to be tough I, I think it's a, a similar situation obviously not at that level but uh, to Red Star last year uh, where the three guards were just too small to be playing at the same time and I think it's a similar situation here obviously not as good as Red Star even Red Star players had uh, more size Nadovic had more size and yeah, yeah, more yeah. ability to, to play up the lineup but let's see how it looks like it's it's a very exciting backcourt Nandakol is up there in age so probably they will want to, to save him for the crucial moments and this backcourt gives them ability to do this it's good to see them adding options and quality options let's see what they can do in the wing positions if they can have Lavert back and healthy so they can be a more competitive team and that's the steps we want to see as well taking but from the backcourt we move into the frontcourt to talk about uh, the Senegalese 7'3 28 years old big man Yusuf Fall. Fall was on his fourth early season, his second with Aswell after playing two seasons with Pasconia. Fall was on the, one of the consistent performance for this uh, Aswell team across the, the season, playing in all 34 games, starting 27 of those, and in just under 20 minutes per game, he was able to have the team's second highest
highest PER, averaging 9.3 points and 6.1 rebounds. Fall shown that uh, he is a solid big to be in the rotation of the other early team. He maybe lacks some um, higher level rim protection to, to be able to, to perform at an even higher level and to be a more consistent player, but uh, he is certainly a rotation piece uh, at the early level. What balance do you make of his season and where you would like to see him improving for the next season since he's still 28 years old? Yeah, I think he was a, a pretty good part of their season and especially with Laverne being out uh, mostly for the whole season. Uh, I think he, he had a, a decent year uh, being the, the main big on that team. Uh, he's so big, so tall. Um, he's, a, he's able to be a rim protector and he can finish in the paint. Uh, I think he should develop a better mid-range jumper uh, and some post-game, uh, some post-game moves uh, because he's not the strongest of guys. So I think if he, if he can develop uh, some better moves in the post uh, as far as skilled, like in footwork, I think he needs to work on his footwork a bit more. But those are the aspects I think he needs to, to, de- to develop a mid-range jumper and his post-game moves and his footwork but he's obviously a, a big piece of their team um, I think him and Laverne can even play together because Laverne can shoot but uh, probably that's not the, the most likely scenario to happen but I think he's a, a very interesting big for EuroLeague level um, and I think he can help Basel uh, be competitive next year He certainly belongs and it's good to see that he will be continuing with this team that he's adding some new pieces to their front court as well but uh, we will end our players breakdown by talking of two players that uh, have flashed some upside to be contributors at the early level. We start with uh, Jonah Matthews that uh, has been reported to be on his way out to Besiktas in Turkey. The 6'3", 25 years old American guard was on his early rookie season playing 31 games and starting 14 of those. And uh, in just under 23 minutes that he played in average, he scored 10.6 points, 1.5 rebounds and 2.1 assists per game. Would you say that uh, this was a good rookie season for Jonah Matthews and can we expect to see more of him in the future at the early level? I think he has the talent for it. Uh, I think he's a, a very skilled scorer. Um, he came off the bench a lot and he's a decent playmaker, but I'll, I would like to see him improve on that uh, and on his three-point shooting percentage because it, it wasn't great. But he's a good scorer and I think he can help. I think he can have a role uh, on a team, like being that scorer off the bench like he was for Asvel this season. Uh, I think he has the, ta- the talent for it, so... We'll see what happens on him going forward. But uh, I do think he can he can be on Europe. Let's end this episode with a player that is a human highlight machine. Yves spawns the 24 years old 6'6 French forward that uh, had his rookie season in the EuroLeague this year, playing 30 games and averaging 3.7 points, 1.8 rebounds, 0.5 steals and 0.4 blocks in 14 minutes per game. But it's his athletic ability that is his calling card. Can we expect to see him growing into a high-level contributor in the EuroLeague and what steps he will need to take to, to achieve that well he is obviously uh, very athletic like you mentioned uh, a highlight waiting to happen uh, <laughs> he's young he's athletic uh, he shot a decent percentage from three this year actually um, but his free throw shooting was very off so I think he definitely needs to work on his free throw shooting uh, his rebounding abilities and his post moves because uh, usually when we have these young athletic guys they are not the most skilled so uh, I think he needs to work on, on his moves in the post uh, similarly to Fall even though he's not a center like Fall is but um, for him to have the ability to, to be a, a threat inside or, or even outside 
just his ability to play one-on-one, back to the basket, front facing the basket. I think he needs that. And obviously the, the free throw shooting, because if you're going to be on the court, you can't be a liability from the free throw line. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's what he needs to work on. Obviously, the athleticism is there, the energy. So he, he needs to work on those aspects to, to develop into a, a real basketball player and not just an athlete. Especially when you are so athletic and you'll finish so many times at the rim, you'll end up being fouled quite often. And uh, improving the free throw shooting will be important for him to, to be able to stay on the court and to be a consistent player. Let's end this episode by breaking down Asphalt head coach, coach uh, TJ Parker, that will be leading the team on the next edition of the EuroLeague. The French coach, brother of the French legend and Asphalt owner, Tony Parker, arrived to the team as an assistant coach in 2014, serving as a head coach for a short stint in early 2018 and uh, taking over permanently in 2020. Asphalt head coach uh, TJ Parker won the French championships in 2021 and this season the, he won with Asphalt the, the French Cup as well. Give us your breakdown of coach TJ Parker and the balance you make of his performance this season. Well, I mean, since he got there, uh, they've had some success in the domestic level. But uh, as far as EuroLeague goes, we need to start seeing some EuroLeague success but because the the best he's done so far, he, I don't think it's good enough to to be a EuroLeague level coach and to be a, a, a playoff contender. Maybe I don't see a path where Asvel becomes a playoff team uh, in the near future. Um, his best season was a uh, 13 wins, 14th place. So, I mean, obviously the talent is not the best on the team, but uh, we need to start seeing them play better and be a more competitive team um, for us to really see if he is, in fact, a EuroLeague coach or not. So we'll have to see what happens next year. Uh, they've had some signings, like we've mentioned already. Uh, if they address that wing, I think they can be a competitive team and it's on him to, to make it work. So we'll see what happens. I agree with you mostly. It's not as much as his talent as a coach. He hasn't shown to be a EuroLeague level coach. It's a, a situation that goes both ways. It's about him as a coach and it's about Haswell as a team. Is Haswell yeah. a EuroLeague level team? It's TJ Parker a, a EuroLeague level coach. Both can grow together and be coming to that, but they need to start taking those types. And as you just referred to, his best record with Haswell was a 14th place uh, with 13 wins. And that's very limited. And even during this season, we saw moments him being ejected from the games and uh, his assistant coach taking over and the team performing. And sometimes, that's that is the type of thing that makes you wonder but at the same time I don't want to discredit him until we are able to see him he has results he has a French championship he has a French cup and it's it's not like uh, Aswell was the clear uh, favorite for all of those titles they have one of the best teams in the French championship and they will always be contenders at least as it stands right now but uh, you need to be a com competitive coach to, to be able to achieve championships and he has done that so he has proven himself as a coach on that front he hasn't proven himself as a EuroLeague level coach and both uh, TJ Parker and Asphalt need to take the steps to, to show themselves as a, as a team that belongs, as a team that is here to fight for, uh, for more and with the play-in being implemented in the EuroLeague they have a chance to at the very least be on the fight for the 10th place and show that uh, th that's where they want to go. They keep speaking and I think that's great about the project that they have in the future to in a certain time frame to, to be able to be a competitive team at the EuroLeague level. I think that's awesome. I think we need that. Uh, I think having a team like Aswell in the EuroLeague, it's, it's a good thing. They just need to take the steps and we cannot be constantly just waiting on it. So 
both uh, coach CJ Parker and as well will certainly want to take the steps needed to to the next season to prove themselves but I think both are uh, under a microscope right now and uh, the the doubts about their ability it's um, it, there is a fundament to it and it's understandable but um, let's give them the benefit of the doubt for now and let's expect to see as well performing at a, a much higher level in the the seasons moving forward and being able to to build the teams to do so with uh, this we reach the end of our team recap series we love to break down the season of all 18 teams of the EuroLeague for you guys this was our very last episode of this uh, special series and we thank you for the very positive feedback that we got and uh, for our growing audience exceeding all of our expectations we won't stop here coming out already on Monday our first preview of the World Cup that uh, we will bring you every Monday Wednesday and Friday until the start of the competition followed by our coverage of the World Cup and uh, our preview of the upcoming EuroLeague season subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague where we bring you any news that break about the competition must watch games injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition bringing you all the highlights of the action my name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon bye guys see you on next episode you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.